My name is Sarah, and I play the wood elf Morlande Lightglass, the presiding druid over the protected remnants of Isatalos. You're listening to Advantage. Last episode in number 028, the party struggled against rapids, trying to claw Marge the Barge up the Charmed River using the winches and driver. Neovan, as the new captain, crumpled under the stress of having to guide the boat through troubled waters. Luckily, Alaris was there to calm her down and reinstate her confidence. We'll pick up that evening, but first I have a warning. This episode contains graphic descriptions of self-harm. The cast and I are careful to approach this subject with dignity and respect both as players and characters. Um, I encourage you to witness the story as it unfolds. Approach the narrative with reverence and stay for the whole episode. The cast and I debrief and unpack our feelings afterward. All right, and with that, let's go. So it's it's getting dark at this point. Like you've you've continued on uh, on your merry boat adventure, and Auril speaks. Um, hey, so Auric, when do you when do you normally stop for the night? Oh, you know, when we feel like it. I'd really like to you know stop and tend to these wounds. Yeah, we typically stop when there's a good point in the river. We don't want to stop somewhere weird. But I see, I think I see one coming right on up here. So they're actually approaching a good stopping spot. <laughs> <laughs> is that the word Mata carved into the tree? Right above the spot, it's like <laughs> like baby Jesus. Merry Christmas, everyone. So what's what's for dinner? Out of character for me. Wait, that was in out of character. character in... no. Sorry, that was that he... was me asking you as the DM to you the players. Are we to the... you the players about your character's dinner? Are we still subsisting Jeez. on rations, or do we have like, some stuff in, the, in the pizza? Well, so I've assumed <laughs> that we've had a a fairly stocked like galley? kitchen, galley yeah, boat. galley in the boat the whole time. Okay. So I, I assume we're gonna get some more food out of there. Um, What's down there? Well, you know, usually next be cooked, so it's going to be an adventure. <laughs> no so now, knows. so okay, here we go. I want to do this. Uh, so Alaris and I realize that next be usually does the cooking and decide to go investigate the galley and see what is available to us. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> and I want to roll the for galley this. areas down in that after castle. Um, which is where the the workshop area is and all that. So yeah, give me a roll. As just a roll, it's seven. I rolled a one. <laughs> um. So, Alric, what do you know how to cook? First, what do we find? 
Like what? What ingredients do we have? Um, all the rations that were in you and Aurel's uh, bags of holding. <laughs> so dried meat. You said you had some like fruit and vegetables in there. Yeah, so. there's some 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 crazy vacuum preservatives going yeah. on. There. <laughs> yep. There's only ten minutes of air, so like, just like squeeze out all the air and then like <laughs> it's good to go. <laughs> So we go in there and there's no food in the galley, just like cooking utensils. We should probably stock this up at some point. Yeah. Well, we're stopped for the night. Do you want to try and some find some food? I, I mean, I think we should just eat some some rations out of the bag. Okay. In my opinion. Some trail mix. Hunt, hunting sounds hard. <laughs> Mixed I don't think I've done that yet. Unless you want to just go hunting. Ulrich, do you want to go hunting? Do you want to go find food? Let's go ask them. So we come, we come back out. And I say, so I went to go check out the galley, and there wasn't really, like, there's a lot of implements for cooking, but I think we're, we're stuck to our rations for now, which fortunately are still fairly full. Are you, are you looking at me with that? Well, I mean, you I know. made a pronouncement about the universe that you technically have the power to thwart. To be fair, you're you're en route to a, a warden cache where Phil and Rin are. So, so we're doing fine. We'll be so yeah. let's just eat you'll, you'll make it that yeah, this so, next day. Yeah, let's just eat we munch, some rations. We munch down on some rations. You get a little fire going, all that. Are you yeah. staying on the boat, like tied to the yes. bank? Or do you cook on the boat? There's nothing to cook. It's rations. That's fair. Yeah, okay. Do you have a fire <laughs> for light? I imagine we all have, like, there's probably a couple of lanterns about, and there's probably, like, there's probably some hanging some places, and then there's a couple we can just carry. So I imagine that the couple we can carry are like grouped up in an area with some boxes sitting around, so we can sit around it. Yeah, some like whale oil lanterns or something like mm -hmm. that. So the the six of you are sitting around uh, around a lantern, munching, and Aurel says, um, "Hey, wait. So what are your affiliations with the Pandominion? Like, I see the uh, the gorgets around your neck, but like, what does that mean? Are you officers or something?" Alric takes this opportunity um, to like stand up. Oh, sorry, Finn. I'm sorry. That was my dog. Um, to stand up on top of your dog. To stand up like very like quasi officially and be like, "May I introduce you to our two very own special legionnaires of the Pandominion? Go ahead, tell us what that means." And I look at them expectantly. <laughs> Ulrich is a funny was supposed to be a sillier character they haven't had an opportunity to like be themselves in a while and like spending time with their friends and like this is more their character so what's a special legionnaire we both look special. at you special yeah what's so special about you guys as far as I can tell the pandominion has entrusted us with a responsibility I don't know what that is but <laughs> it got us on their good side, so I didn't really question it that much. What what I took it as is we are basically acting as representatives to the Pandominion in going on goings on in the Watched Forest. Basically, we are whatever we, we're like whatever we do. Or what? Yeah, like like whatever we're doing is. A direct representation of the Pandominion, basically. So right now the Pandominion is helping out Letras. Yes. You're an you're like an arm of of them. Right. Like that is what I took it as. Tip. I want to say an yeah. arm. Maybe That's maybe a nail, like just one nail on on a finger. <laughs> so what 
stake does the Pandominion have in this whole like Tempest Oath business? I don't think they have much. Um, I think it is like obviously they want to not get attacked, but now that they're going south instead of north, that's not an issue. Um, Their biggest concern is also um, was at least in the beginning establishing another trade route with Sadal. So anything that can help with that endeavor is helpful to the Pandominion. Mm-hmm. Trading empire and all that. Which, that's that was the main reason they were coming down to East Italos was as a new uh, area for trading, exploring different options or alternative um, sources of trade, which now with them it being burned, I don't think that they have much interest in the Watch Forest overall any like anymore. <laughs> If I, if I would if I was gonna assume something I would assume the pandemonium doesn't have any interest in the watch forest currently apart from not getting attacked what was what was the title that you called them all right special legionnaires so special legionnaires you say that you suppose that the pandemonium doesn't have any purpose for being in the watch forest those special legionnaires can you just like decide? That they don't have any purpose you know down here? Well, we are outranked by, I would assume, several people. By whom? Well, for starters, you know, uh, Colonel Erica Try. I don't know who. Well, basically anyone in the army with rank of at least Colonel or above outranks us. So, that's several people. My guess, I'll wait, real, so you're is like, that they're low-ranking Hold on, wait, 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 wait. So are you saying that you're a part of the military? Yes. I think. This isn't, so this isn't like a diplomatic title? This is a military title? It's more of a peacekeeping title. That's what people with militaries always say. <laughs> the The reality, all real. these are... Have you heard of the United States of America? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, really? They, these aren't soldiers. They were granted these titles a little belatedly and, to be fair, a little confusedly. They, I don't think they knew what they were signing up for. And so you are not looking at two military representatives. You are looking at two people who got some cool necklaces and are using it to their advantage. Or more diplomatic things. Hey, <laughs> that's the name of the show. Okay. All right, so so what's your plan? Not not like you, you two, but like your you you y'all. So what's the four y'all's plan? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, what's I, y'all's plan <laughs> once we get to Letras? Are we just gonna like board up there and wait for them to attack? Well, or I I mean, are we only checking in for a bit and then going out to go like kill them or? Well, we're not gonna take on a whole army. Most of us haven't been to Letras before. We don't know how defensible of a location it is. We don't know. How many people are there? We don't even know if they've already reached, if the Zelts have already reached there or not. So it's kind of hard to plan for something that there's no way of knowing, you know? Neovan speaks up. She says, yeah, well, I mean, they did say that they were going to attack at the new moon. Well, we know when they're going to attack. Honestly, I was going to see what Elder Fallhide thought, because, like, this doesn't just directly affect us. It, it affects the entire remnant. So I thought getting some leadership in on it would be a good idea. Do you think we could contact him before we reach there? Fallhide? Yeah. Fallhide's a woman, just so you know. Well, um, can we reach her before we get there? Well, isn't there a scout with that group? Yeah, Phil and Ren. They're down there. 
They're waiting at the cache for you. Yeah, they're waiting at, at the That's southern I feel like Isotalus cache. By the time we... We'll have to get them before we go yeah. on. And the, and the crows don't extend that far south anyway. They're at the southernmost one. So assuming that when we pick them up, they'll have more information to give us, to help us plan better on our way. Okay. The, yeah. ul the ultimate goal, Ariel, is to keep the remnant safe. That's all that really matters. So you said that, wait, hold on. So Phil and Ren are already down there? One of them is down there, and then one of them is at the cache waiting. I don't remember which is where. All right, we'll see. <laughs> you know how I get the brothers mixed up. <laughs> They're twins. That's crazy. Yeah. Like... <laughs> really, it could be either of them in either place, and the, like we're, there's no way to know. They're mischievous. They also have remarkably the same voice. It's very strange. Very, very strange. <laughs> the same voice as basically everybody that you come in contact with, including yeah. me. I don't get it. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, certain things that you'd expect to be regional, like the word y'all, just seem to be ubiquitous. It's interesting. It's almost as if the dungeon master, Joe Love, does not have a very good voice acting skill. Who's Joe? I think it speaks more to like, the exporting of culture from one place to another, you know? Like, you exchange You're right, goods. let's talk about colonialism and globalization. <laughs> y'all. Alright, and so we'll probably put a musical break there, too. <laughs> Neovan at some point in the night says, "Hey, I'll I'll keep watch tonight. Uh, there's some stuff I need to s sort out, so I've got first shift. I'll take it with you. We've got enough to where we could do twos. Maybe one of no, maybe I... one in the on the stern and one on the." Neovan wants to be alone. I know. I'm 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 trying to give her space, but I just like yeah. You can take one side or the other, but before some... they go to sleep, um, Grimton would like to sneak off and like set a trap so they could have like fresh protein for breakfast because he's tired of eating red meat yeah sure so um give me give me a nature check all right before we set the rest of watch that's a 16 wait are, hold on are we going for like a fish trap or are we going for like a noose system like on a deer trail or what yeah well i was envisioning like going into the forest and setting like something for the wildlife but since we're on a river okay. a fish trap would do just as well yeah, um, you take some of the crumbs from whatever the rations you have and yeah. uh, pile them up and arrange the rocks to where, like, it's a that nice, like, funnel trap sort of situation so that they can follow the bait in but then get caught there. Yeah. Sun know what I'm talking tomatoes, about? Yeah, you got you. Cheese. Sarah's being a foodie <laughs> over here, talking about what she can make with that. Who's got the other watches? I'll take the middle one. Or do, how many watches do we have? Three? Grimton will take the last because he wants to go check on check on his trap, like first thing <laughs> in the morning. Uh, Alro says, "Oh, thank God, I get to sleep in." <laughs> Should we continue on? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Alric, you're you're staying up all night, or not all night, but you're staying up with Neovan for this first watch. With like one of us will be at the stern and one will be at the bow. Okay. I'll take the stern. It's to warm summer's night, and you you hear the frogs chirping on the bank of the river. You, you've ta you've taken the top off the lantern that you've been using, and uh, occasionally sparks fly up out of the lantern body itself, and you you follow them up to the astral sea above. You see that the moon is displaying a waxing gibbous through patches of clouds. I went and looked that up. I googled it, guys, so I know the moon phases now. You see that you see the moon displaying a waxing gibbous uh, through patches of the clouds, which means that you only have. A week and a half until the new moon, 
when the Tempest Oath will march on Letris. Everybody give me a con saving throw as the night would. I don't want to be that guy, but shouldn't it be a waning gibbous because the moon is going away? You're right. Because wax on, not wax off. I roll it. What are we rolling? Con saving. I rolled a seven. 17. Okay. Nat 20. Five. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good spread. Ulrich, you're, you're hanging on fine on the bow of the boat. Grimton, Alaris, you are snoozing appropriately, which is dandy for you. You're getting some rest. Morlinde, you, you're having trouble sleeping. It's a warm night, so we'll say that you're positioned in, like, the middle deck. You're positioned in the middle of the boat, like, on in the center deck, not inside the fore or after castle. You know what I'm talking about? Like, where the cargo hold would be? Yeah. Uh, just to get some airflow going. Makes you feel less less crowded and more natural. Um, something has been keeping your attention uh, as you fight back the weight of your eyelids. Arik, you can see this, too. In, in the lantern light, Nia Van has taken her axe and has been sharpening it on a river stone. Now she begins to shave her skin from the inside of her left arm. Then she dips the blade into the heat of the lantern and leaves it there. She wanders down to the bank and grabs a stick and then places it sideways in her jaw like this. She removes the hatchet. It's glowing red hot. And then with a fiery confidence, she presses the tip of the blade into her arm. You hear like this faint muffled scream as she grits her teeth and like holds back the pain and she begins to pull the blade gently up her wrist. Uh, resolving herself against the pain, she reaches for a pile of uh, ash from the burn and then presses it into the open wound. She stands up from the after castle. She stands up cl clutching her arm above the elbow and holding it above her head and walks down to the charmed river. Um, you can you can interrupt me at any point. Oh, there. okay. Like I like you don't you don't have to sit there like watching this and doing nothing. You can you can come in. You can assert yourself. What I'd like to do, because I don't know, this could be some kind of, like, spiritual rite. Um, and, like, the painful bit seems to have already happened, so I can't stop that. But I'd like to position myself to where I'm, like, close close enough to still see and to very immediately jump in if I need to. Sure. But to not interrupt the process. What are you looking for? Like, what are you... Well, she's wading into the river, right? Well, yeah, kind of. Kind of? She's going down to the bank of the river, yes. Oh, okay. So I'm just like... Because, like, the thing she just did to her arm looked really painful and horrible, but, like, didn't kill her. Um, yeah. And so I'm looking for something that, like, might cause immediate danger and or death. Um, okay. Like, either if she's going to do something or if something's going to... I'm just, like, keeping a close, vigilant watch on her. Mm -hmm. Do I notice more Linda awake? Uh... Morlinde, do you notice Ulrich looking to see if you're awake? Yeah, I'm also going to sit up and just make sure I can see what's going on, because it is weird, but it also seems like something I don't want to interrupt. I, I would like to, like, lean down and ask Morlinde, like, is, do you know what's, is this some kind of... No, I have no idea what this is. Okay. 
Give me a s Dude. stealth check. Oh. Not a stealth check. Um, is it stealth? Give me stealth. I have somehow completely forgotten the yeah. edition. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, okay. so. Oh, dang it. Uh, I, I rolled eight. Just to keep your keep your voices down, you know? I, I rolled eight. I rolled 19. Your your question was loud enough probably for, for Neovanta here, but she seems uninterrupted. So at this point, she's crouching at the riverbank and washing her arm in the waters. And she turns around and stares forward into the woods despondently. And as she turns, she, while she was briefly facing the boat, you can see that her eyes are glowing like this grassy green. And her arm is at her side, dripping blood. Can I roll some kind of check? Yeah, both of you give me a religion check. Yeah. 13. Morlinda, you can roll with advantage. Yeah. Uh, 16. Her, her breathing is calm. You can both see that. And as she inhales this deep breath, there's a sort of exhalation from the world around you. Like it's offering breath to her. And it feels as if the coal of the cusp is breathing out. Um, then... Morlinda, you begin to hear whispers from the world in a language that you recognize, in Druidic. And she responds back to them in Druidic, her eyes still glowing as if she's in some sort of trance. And roughly, because I'm not going to simulate this whole conversation, because that would be a lot and annoying, uh, you gather that Neovan is communing with the ancestor spirits. Which one? Or just like... The ancestor spirit. The ancestor spirits, uh, as in like, the whole of. All of them. Yes, the the ancestor spirits of the people that have passed before her, including like, dead friends that you might know, or people from long, long ago in Isotalis's past, or s something like that. Sort of know? like the um, shrines in, like in Mulan, like in China. Like, where there's just a bunch yeah. of... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Or, like, in Avatar The Last Airbender, when he goes to... Avatar uh, State, and he talks to his other dudes. Yeah, yeah. And so to his other folks. <clears throat> Sue us, Nickelodeon. So, again, feel free to interrupt at any point. And, uh... Can, can, am I close enough to... I guess I can't understand Druidic. Should we... Okay. Well, if it, if it appears... Not, if it appears neutral, I'm gonna let it keep happening. It appears neutral. I'm deferring entirely to Morlinde's judgment because I can't understand them. I'm going to get closer yeah. so that I can listen better. But I'll, okay. I'll stay on the boat, though. I follow Morlinde. At some point, the conversation ends and the air around you uh, relaxes a little bit. And Neovan's eyes return to their normal brown. Uh, she comes back into herself and begins to realize where she is again. And she looks down at her arm, uh, now clotted, and goes to wash it in the river. Then she returns back to the boat, and I'm going to see if she notices you. She crit failed, so she is still coming down from her uh, spiritual experience and walks past you, uninterested, and back up to the aftercastle. Got any thoughts, Morland? I'm just gonna let that happen and well I'm not just gonna let that happen 
Moreland is just very wary about interrupting like spiritual things with grieving people because she understands that the process is important but she also knows that because of Neovan's great loss Neovan could be messing with stuff that she's not ready to handle yeah so I'm gonna go talk to her about it because safety could be involved go check on Nia Van and I just say, hey, are you okay? Um, she kind of pulls down the sleeve of the tunic that she's wearing uh, to cover up what she did to her arm. Uh, the, like, what is going to obviously be a huge scar. Um, and says, yeah, uh, I'm actually doing better now than I have been in a long time. Do you know who you were communicating with back there? Yes and no. I was communicating with people that are important. People that uh, needed to talk to me and I needed to talk to them, I think. I'm just... Here, come sit down. Um... She like scoots over uh, and offers you a space next to her lantern. She says, I, I don't have, since the death of my, my sons and the burning of Isatalos, I've just felt so lost and without purpose. And then, then you... Ulrich offered me this position on the barge and I thought that I was just going to be like a fun first mate like storybook style situation gonna go hit this high seas and have a have a fun adventure and it, it helped me for a while you know you like it was fun but I didn't it, it, it was fun and it, it was it was distracting and it gave me something to like physically do, but it was low pressure enough because Nexby was there. But then, but then we went back to Isatalos and that whole thing. And I, we, we went to the, the sepulcher and it was just crazy to be back in this, my home that I, I watched burn before my eyes where I lost my, my children. And we went to the sepulcher and I, prayed to the ancestor spirits there and then I I woke up and I was bound on on the barge and captured by robots what the hell is that about and then suddenly we escape and then suddenly Nexby's gone and now this barge is mine you know <sighs> it's a lot it's more than a lot. Yeah. I don't have any idea what I'm doing. I'm just kind of like reacting to the world as 
it's coming at me and I don't know if I can do it but um this this ritual that I did helped resolve me and help gave me some confidence um she she pulls up the sleeve of her tunic and now she like holds it to the firelight where you can really see it and like what she did to her arm is in an absurdly deep cut like she should have bled out from that uh. of what she did to her arm like pressing the blade in like it went down to nearly the bone like there are places where you could probably have seen bone like if you were to take a gold coin and <laughs> i'm sorry sarah am i stressing you out it's okay um are you are you done <laughs> no not quite okay you I'm gonna but are you okay witness. like no are you, you saw this i mean i witness okay keep going it's a lot it is and i this is joe talking now it is a lot and it's some like serious stuff that needs to be seen and it needs to be to be appreciated not in like be it needs needs to be recognized in its fullness Yes. yes it and she she says this this ash is um from Isatalos, I, I, I had a handful in my pocket that I took from the sepulchre, and I, and it, it's part of me now, and this is going to heal, and it's going to mark my body with a physical reminder of the strength of the ancestor spirits, and of my children, and of my home. And I think I can do this. I I feel I have purpose now. I I have strength. I have a, I have a strength that is not my own. That is a, a strength that comes from from a lineage of people before me, of people that care about me, of people that are depending on me. And this ritual helped me do that, to access that. Does that make sense? It does, and you, it, it makes sense, and you need to know that it's a mark of your own strength, that you can go on, that you can survive, that you can survive some really brutal pain and suffering and loss and still go on and still have a purpose. This isn't just their strength, it's also your own. Presiding Druid, will you Will you say a prayer for me? Yes, definitely. She turns the lantern light low. All right. 
so I put my hand on um, her injured arm lightly <laughs> and You can, we can take a moment and you can write this out I do if you need want. need to write it out. she's doing that I do want to uh, to take a moment as like the rest of us as players to decompress what went on because I, I, I feel like that's that moment was worth debriefing is everybody comfortable with keeping that in the in the show absolutely yeah for yes. sure um, I personally appreciate it on several levels like I put stock in, I guess, like, totems. For me, it's just, like, objects, things that mean things, that represent people I've known or cared about or experiences that I've had. So in that way, like, the marking of your own body, like, I've considered doing something similar with, like, a tattoo, like, having something that is permanently on my body and represents something important. Yeah. Um, so it has that element, but it also very, very deliberately at least it seems captures the idea of like self-harm um particularly like cutting that you see you know in modern days um mm -hmm. which is common uh and relatable and worth speaking to i think like self-harm is harm it hurts um but like, it needs to be, I think that it, it, like, needs to be acknowledged and not, like, poked fun at or shamed. Um, acknowledged and dealt mm -hmm. with, like, in, in people that, that do that, but not not in a, like, oh, my gosh, you're so horrible, why are you doing this? This is, like, such a bad, you know, not like that. And I think this this deals with that in a very, in that kind of way. Like, it acknowledges it, shows it. And it's part of a process of grief, uh, and I think it's important. Yeah, I think it's particularly for, like, this character, uh, it's people who, like, find a way to deal with their grief in the situation. Like, that's how she's yeah. processing her emotion, mm -hmm. and it's taken, like, a uh, self-harm sort of route. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's just how she's dealing with it mm -hmm. with like processing her loss and so forth so it's not necessarily something that you need to like Steven said make fun of I think uh, his character handled it pretty well like he just stayed on the outside looking in made sure that nothing was gonna happen to where she was gonna suffer any like permanent loss yeah so it's something for uh, Nia Van to sort through and this is how she's chosen to do it um mm -hmm. is he even an elf or a human she's an elf okay she's uh one of the pure blood elves that originally left with cyanidel 
I think, too, like, part of the reason I did that wasn't just from, you know, Steven the player, though Steven the player felt that was right as well, but Ulrich, you know, didn't have kids and didn't experience loss in that way, but has, like, twice now lost their home and people they've cared about, has no idea about their family. He's experienced a similar degree, and what Ulrich has chosen to do is sort of adhere to protecting the ones they care about to an almost absurd level. Uh, for instance, yeah. running in and standing right in front of Stormhawk with a sword. <laughs> like, um, right. And so while the method is different, uh, as Yesu was talking about, like with grief, Ulrich understands the process, the feeling, and the desire to do something about it and not just sit in it. Um, right. So they acknowledged that it was a different approach, but but they were able to see that like this that was what it was about. Zach, what are your thoughts? Um, I, I well, one, I don't think it was definitely don't think it was too like mistoned or anything, especially with the sort of darker tone our podcast has in general. Just mm-hmm. out getting that out there. Um, I appreciate. Steven's characters are all all Rick's reaction of letting Morlinde sort of take the lead when it came to mm-hmm. talking to her, especially since it was obviously something religious in her experiences. It's um, kind of a letting the professionals do the job yeah. of the professional yeah. sort of situation. Yeah. Um, and I and here. and I like um, that it went somewhere, you know, like yeah. you know, as in like like the self harm or whatever like it had a a purpose in a way you, you know what i mean like yeah um, it's it's not harming for harm's sake it's right harming with um sim- symbolism behind yeah. it. yeah and that it, and that it went one step further and actually allowed her to communicate with those um ancient spirits um yeah which was great um i mean i thought it was a i thought it was a really good scene um i think so so too and i think it's going to be so a lot of what we recorded you know previously and even in the front half of this one was really like silly like we had a good time um yeah and so i think this would be a nice balance to that of like bringing that gravitas uh mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. signature mm-hmm. for us to some degree <laughs> yeah especially like talking about the uncertainty of the future and what's to come and stuff mm-hmm. um right cuz like Neovan's experience experience is highly relatable, uh, even in just the general sense of loss. Um, and honestly, Neovan's reaction, that kind of response, that, that sort of self-harm response, like, is a fairly common one, and one that, like I said, I think a lot of people will understand. And, like, I don't know. I think it's important. Yeah. I'm struggling for words, which is not common um, for me, but... Sarah, I really quickly. I know that we're like, um, as as the the five of us players, we're we're running out of time because we, um, we're trying to. It's I actually don't have the t- the same time crunch. I know Yessie still has to be at work at three, but if we have to go a yeah. little bit longer than two thirty, that's okay with me now. Yessie, what's the? I mean, we're we're still probably gonna be able to wrap this up by two thirty, but I want to know like, are you? Are you comfortable with ending at 2.30? Like, are you yeah, okay that, with that? Yeah, that still gives me enough time. Okay, cool. Um, 
Sarah, I do want to, I know you're writing during a lot of this mm-hmm. scene, and I don't know if, if you're done or not, but um, I, I am really interested in hearing your own thoughts on, like, because you, um, the audience couldn't, couldn't see this, but, like, you took the headphone out of your ear because what I was describing was too visceral for you to stand and... Um, and we asked you to bear witness to it anyway. Is that something that you're comfortable with doing in the future? Um, I think so. Uh, I'm just a little skittish with graphic violence. And not that it was violent, but like gore, you know? And yeah. so like describing wounds and stuff isn't necessarily my cup of tea, but I understand, like you said, the gravitas of this situation. And so... Um, or the gravity of the situation and so uh, when you were like hey wait listen to this I was like okay I guess it's important I'll do it um, yeah. you wouldn't have put that in there just for fun right so so it's it's um, totally fine okay I just I, I want to make sure before I uh, before I continue to do scenes like that not the not that I have expectations that I will, but like, if if it comes up, if 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 something that like yeah, if it, if it comes up, I want to to know that my players are okay with it and comfortable with such scenes. Um, also, uh, I'll tell you this, Sarah. Like, if you also want to like heal, uh, Neavan, you can you can close the wound. That was and, like, kind of my plan. Okay, like, suit it up before, or w- without, like, getting rid of the scar. That, like, I wanted yeah. to, like, okay. Yeah, that's what I was hope- hoping for. I was like, man, do we, is she, is she in the, po- able to be healed, or is it just a, like, it has to heal on its own type of thing? I mean, the significance yeah, it's still here. a normal wound. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> significance is in the scar. Tell me when you're, uh, ready, Sarah. Uh... I am one, two, three. Ready. Can we all? I I want us all to like appreciate as as players like the uh, the seriousness of the moment. So just approach approach this scene with with reverence. Sarah. All right. Great spirits. You've protected Nia Van this far. She has proven over and over her great strength and courage in the face of the greatest darkness and incredible loss. And now is the time for Nia Van to rise up, a new elf, in remembrance of those who are lost, of those she loved, to have a new purpose, to begin again as a leader and a captain. Yeah. Thank you, Presiding And can I heal your arm enough for it to stop bleeding? Please do. Okay, I'm gonna do that. Yeah. And that's where we'll call it. Go ahead and stop the recording. Hey friends, it's Joe. Uh, so glad you've joined us for episode number 029 of Advantage. 
we're happy to have you on this chapter. I appreciate that you've made it this far to the end of the episode. Your dedication to the story is inspiring and heartwarming. Thank you to everybody who has loved the show and supported it. Blake Bost, who wrote the overture, which you can find in full at soundcloud.com slash blakebost, B-O-S-T. Thanks to Labor of Love Graphics for their help in web design. Uh, we're doing a complete reboot of AdvantageDnd.com, so look forward to that. Daniel Grayling is currently working on some more commissions for us. Um, this site's going to be top-notch. It's making slow progress, but it is making progress. Thanks to all of our Patreon supporters who helped make stuff like this possible. Receiving those funds is a great relief to us all, and it helps ensure a quality product for you as our listeners. Um, so if you're feeling generous, if you if you love the show and you want us to do a better job at it, it would be a great deal of help if you could contribute over at patreon.com slash advantage dnd. You'll also finally be able to find a link on that new site. Thanks to everybody who's donated so far. All of our patrons' names will be published online. Huge thank you to Michael Callahan, who pledged at the Weaver's School tier recently. That means he'll be helping Yessie plan for the Disadvantage spin-off series that we're developing. We've been promising that for a long time. Of course, we're joyful to be in this podcasting adventure with the show How Friends Roll. Um, on Saturday, I recorded a teaser for their fourth session with Sully, Kristen, and Jim. Get excited for it. Uh, our handles on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, Reddit, are all at AdvantageDND. Shout out to Brett Deaton for sending us a picture of the Lisa North RPG Club. He says, thank you for functioning as a key inspiration as we share our joy in gaming. It's incredible to receive love like that, Brett. Thank you. And again, uh, donating at patreon.com slash advantage DND is the most powerful way that you can demonstrate support for the show. And if you can't afford that, leaving an iTunes review is a great way to help bring in new fans. Thank you. Our popcorn <laughs> instead of clapping. <laughs> so I'm really, really glad that like when we do this together, we all count off and record at the same time and then clap at the same time because I'll be damned. The other day when I was recording the Switch series credits with uh, Sully, I, I said, "All right, are you recording yet?" And he said, "Yeah, I've been going for like three minutes." And then we d- had to clap sync to each other later on once I started going. So there's like this three or four minute like break that I just had to listen through his half of the audio and figure out where his clap was so that I could sync myself to him. At least when like we all started together, our files are about the same length. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't have to spend forever searching. Ugh.
There was, whenever I couldn't find the recording that one time, I had to go back oh, and listen uh-huh. through it to make sure it was the right recording. And there was mm-hmm. just giant gaps of silence, and I was just, like, shooting darts in the dark, trying to find a spot where I was talking, <laughs> and trying to see if it was, like, from that recording. Yikes. Y'all remember that one time I periscoped, but was still talking to you guys? And yes. wasn't thinking was about like the fact so that lagging. the internet couldn't hear what y'all were saying, and so I would just, like, be silent for a while, then talk. I wanna, I wanna roll for, like, what we discover. Hey, keep in mind, while you two are eating popcorn, that we're also, like, doing radio right now. I'm sorry, I was really hungry. We can't eat any more than this, though. Because Mom's cooking dinner, and she'll be real upset. Snoozing appropriately, which is dandy for you. You're getting some rest. Appropriate uh, snoozing. <laughs> what are you laughing at, Sarah? Sorry. Appropriate snoozing as compared to inappropriate snoozing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's just funny. Or grow. Her, her eyes are growing. Zach, are you asleep? I'm not. Okay. <laughs> your, your eyes are literally closed and you're laying down. No, I'm not asleep. Have you guys seen the Bud Light commercials? But dilly dilly. That's my favorite thing in the world. Is that what we should say instead? <laughs> dilly dilly. No, I have not. I haven't seen this commercial. Okay, let's have this moment. No, I'm, no, not, not right ready? now. I'm ready. Don't don't bud light this up. No, it's something. Let's have this moment. Oh, let's like do this it. This moment. Okay. No, not that moment. I want this moment. Let's. <laughs> All right. 